Welcome to Make It Count, proudly presented by Bendigo Bank, the podcast that's here to help with family finance. I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy, and we are from Two Peas in a Podcast. Join us as we share our real experiences and get helpful tips from experts along the way. As always, this episode contains general information only and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Hello and welcome to another episode of Make It Count. On today's episode, we will be speaking with Gavin Holden. Gavin is Bendigo Bank's Queensland State Manager and father of three. Money is... Money is from the Royal Australian Mint where you go watch coins to be made. You get it from working hard. What my family's taught me about money is that it's got a high value and don't spend it too much because sometimes it's good to save it for the stuff that you really need. You can also use money to buy stuff from the shops and cafes. Buy whatever you want with it, but just make sure you use it responsibly. Money is not as important as love. I remember when I was a child, I would get so excited about getting any money, let alone pocket money. (laughs) I know. My goodness. A 50 cent coin, a 20 cent coin, one and two cents. Oh, yeah, two cents. And the 80s. Mixed lollies. Yes. (laughs) And I would go straight to the milk bar and buy a bag of mixed lollies. (laughs) But I have to admit, it's also something I never really thought about when I was becoming a parent. And then it probably wasn't until I heard other people at school were starting to get pocket money with Mm. the kids. And then I was like, oh no, how much do we give our kids? How often? How old do we start this? And I also think it's important to consider how it can really shape the way our kids see and value money. Yeah, absolutely. My children, because they're older and some are a bit younger, we went from giving $2 a week to then just putting the money directly in the bank. And so all the different things that that brings up when it comes to pocket money. Oh, yeah. But Gavin, he's going to talk to us about the best approach when it comes to pocket money. I mean, I never got to chat with a bank manager or a state (laughs) bank manager about how I should do pocket money. So we're so lucky to be able to hear from him. And he's going to talk to us about what other people are doing, what he thinks we should do. I'm really, really looking forward to it because I think it's it's so different and personal for everyone and for everyone's financial situation. But really, I'd like to see what other people are doing. Oh, definitely. I'm interested. Yeah, me too. So I think it's time to jump into this episode and hear from Gavin. I can imagine my own kids are going to be tapping me on the <laughs> shoulder for a bit of pocket money after this one. Hi, Gavin. It's wonderful to have you to make it count. Thank you for the opportunity. Before we get into it, I was wondering if you could tell us how old your children are and if they're living at home. So I've got uh, two daughters. Uh, One is 21 and the other is 19. And I have a son who's 16 years old living at home. Ah, Ah, I also have 16-year-olds. I've got two 16-year-olds. So do I. We have got (laughs) twins that are all 16. Yes. Quite a unique age. Mm. It is. It is. So today on our podcast, we are going to talk to you about pocket money, which actually has changed a lot in my life as a parent because I have older children as well. And the first question that we wanted to ask is, in your history as a banker, do you think there's like a standard approach to pocket money? No, absolutely not. Mm. I would suggest it is very much up to the way you want to sort of teach your kids financial literacy. I think it's a very important starting point and also the ability of the, of the household to, to manage it. Yes. I was listening to Amanda last week 
talking about uh, seven kids and yeah. I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, how, how would you manage that? So it is, it, it is unique and I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all but at the same time uh, it's an important sort of journey to, to teaching the kids financial literacy. Should it change depending on their ages, do you think? I think so. Oh, I believe so. It, it did with us. We started when they were 12 and they, and they started high school to give ah, them a little bit of independence. Right. Yeah. And also the first time that they were really catching the bus into school. Yeah. Yes. Um, they had mobile phones at that time as well. So we started with just $5 a week um, at 12 mm. years old. And there was just enough for a little bit of independence if they wanted to pop into the tuck shop or the canteen yeah, and, yeah. And, and purchase, a, you know, buy a, a something that they may not have access to in primary <laughs> school. Potato cakes or, in my yeah, house. Yeah, big yeah, that's right. Chocolate <laughs> milk, yeah. <laughs> so you'd started at 12. You didn't do it when they were littler? No, not really. If if they wanted money when they were littler, it was probably sort of fairly specific to, to an, you know, a box of Lego or, a, yeah. I don't know, I'm trying to think of something appropriate, but, you know, a, a doll yeah. or, or something that yeah. they yes. wanted, uh, Tamagotchi yeah. cards or whatever they were yes. back in the day. Um, <laughs> yep. And so then we would tie sort of tasks or chores to that and say, okay, well, you know, keep your room tidy for a week or a couple of weeks and then we'll talk about how we might um, support that purchase. With all your wisdom as a bank manager and a father, <laughs> do you think there is a, a good amount to start with? That's a great question. I think it really does depend on the family dynamic and, and start by what you can afford as opposed to what the opinions are, mm. you know, disguised as advice. Yeah. And so I don't think there is a one size fits all in terms of the amount you do start with. What do you think is some of the benefits of giving pocket money to our kids? Linking it to that financial literacy piece, when we sent our kids off to high school, we also got the mobile phones at the time. So those mobile phones had limited credit and that was a really yes. good opportunity to say, well, if you burn your credit <laughs> on your mobile phone, then you're not getting any more until next week. Same sort of thing with, with pocket money is, is teaching them that, you know, you go and spend it all in the tuck shop on Monday um, and then you've got nothing left for the rest of the week. So there's some important lessons to tie to that as well. In our family, I have never given money for reward because I think, well, no one pays me to do the dishes or to take yeah. them to school <laughs> or any of those things. So in our family, everyone had jobs and still does, but then there are also just, you know, you can have $5 a week pocket money yeah. or $10 a week pocket money. But I know some of my friends started when their children were really yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. And I think for them, they just put it in the bank account though. So it was probably a savings account that they called pocket money. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I think I've got friends that um, couldn't afford to pay their kids pocket money, even though they, they did turn 12 or 13 years mm. old, but they were mm. very proactive in, in helping those kids to, to go and get a, a part-time job or, or, yes. or helping them in that respect. At the same time, I've also got friends and family who were in a, in a position where they could put money aside from a savings perspective and, and continue to do so. We're probably sort of falling to, got a foot in each camp yeah. in, in yeah. that respect as well because we wanted to tie the visibility around saving money as well. If you've got money left over in your spending account, then now's a good time to put it in your savings account. I think yes. one of the beauties of online banking, it's very visible. Yes. Um, particularly if you can link those sorts of things, yeah. Mm. I'm in the camp of we tried it for a little while and then I gave up. <laughs> So, you know, well, it's, I think I was in the time where, you know, we would ha I was having cash and then I just moved to kind of being cashless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so tricky, isn't it? Well, it's really funny. Like one, from a, an experience perspective, the eldest and the youngest we found, they went and got part-time jobs pretty early. 
you know, they put aside their earnings from work, but they save their pocket money and they've managed yeah. to sort of to generate a bit of savings. But the middle one is quite studious and, and so didn't go and get a part-time job mm. but hasn't spent any of the yeah. allowance we've been giving her for <laughs> 10 years. Clever. <laughs> she's now that she's up. moved away. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'd be really proud of that. Yeah, and I suppose that just shows that along with our personality types, our kids' personality types are different too. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and for some of us, like, Mandy and I have another podcast called Two Peas in a Podcast and we talk about having children with disabilities or additional needs. And so some of our kids aren't going to get a job at 15. You know, Of course we're working towards a living wage, but I think for them the concept of pocket money and actually receiving cash in your hand and then spending that cash and getting a different amount of money back is really powerful. Mm. Yeah. And I've probably let my kids down because I know at school they just have a card. That's how they get their lunch order. And I just put their money into the bank. And so then they'll ask me ridiculous questions about, you know, oh, would it be okay? Do you think we could get a Tesla? That's what they're saying. It's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's hard to see the value. Yeah. There's some really uh, important financial lessons in terms of seeing the impact of what you spend. And Mm. what do you mean I gave you a $5 note and you only gave me 50 cents back? Well, where's the rest of it gone? (laughs) Yeah. So we're establishing those lessons as well. Should we as the parents have any say in what they spend their pocket money on? If it's discretionary, then lessons to be learned, isn't there? Yes. And so I think a little bit of freedom goes a long way. Interestingly, Sometimes when that freedom sort of goes awry, goes back, and, and they, they come and talk to you. I think one of the great sort of outcomes we've had is they come and talk to us about it. Mm. And I found my son over the weekend coming saying, now, Dad, I just want to explain a couple of transactions on my, because we still have a great deal of visibility. Yes. And at 16, 16 years old, I thought, well, where's this going to go? So, yeah. But he was talking about purchases that he'd made online yes. um, for his Games console, Xbox, yes, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, "Then I bought this, but I didn't want it, so I, it's gone back." He's still got that discretion. He's got a lot of freedom, mm, but there's mm. a willingness to come and talk to us about it if mm. if a decision sort of goes bad, if you like. Fortunately, it wasn't an expensive lesson to learn, but um, yeah, I think the answer is yes if if it is discretionary, mm. but. You know, it's it's great to have a little bit of control or regulation or just a visibility around it at the same time. We sort of touched on this before, but I think it's really important because we all go through phases and some of us for longer than others when we can't afford to give pocket money when there's just no mm. money left. Mm. Yep. And so what advice would you give for parents who are on a really tight budget? We shouldn't feel pressure. You can only do what you can do. Don't feel that pressure to start with. Look at what the outcome's about. If it's about financial literacy, then we have to work out how you yeah. do that. But if it's if it's about output for effort, then mm. you know, there are ways to do that as well. And it might be a discretionary bag of lollies or, mm. or whatever. I think actually the last year has been really powerful for my children because my wage stopped during, you know, COVID. I wasn't able to work. So I was on JobKeeper and then on, you know, the other payment from the government. They would say, are we poor this week? Mm. <laughs> I would say yes. And they'd be, okay. And then they just didn't ask for anything. Mm. And yeah. so I think it was actually a really valuable lesson for me to have told them mm. that we don't have a lot of money at the moment. Kids are smart, aren't they? They do understand uh, what is going on in the world and, mm. and why mum or dad are, are working from home or, or not working mm. from home as the case may be. And it's just being, being honest, having the conversation, providing regular feedback around it. 
Last night we were sitting at the table and my daughter and husband were talking about crypto money and I was like, mm. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I need to work this out. Yeah, because teenagers are really it. getting into it. She was it. telling me, oh, people do this, they go out for dinners and then they just give each other their crypto money back and forward and I was like, oh, boy, yeah. I'm miles behind. So, yeah. yeah, that when you talk about the world, there's more to it than just, oh, my next-door neighbour's getting $5, mm, mm. isn't there? Absolutely. And that, that's been one of the great things about starting our kids with, with cash in terms of giving them an envelope on a Friday or a Monday with a little bit of allowance, but also the way they have evolved their banking. Tap and go is a very big thing now and, and having mm. the app and the visibility on the app. And again, those lessons that you learn along the way will only assist going forward when they start mm. talking about things like other forms of currency or, or whatever, yeah. but making sure there's a visibility around it. Yeah. Mm. And discussion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think tap and go is great, but it's also like invisible money. Mm. And I was talking to my 24-year-old and she was sort of saying, oh, when someone gives me cash, I don't want to I don't want to spend it, but I don't mind spending the tap and go. Ah. So I think that's the opposite of how we grew yeah, up. It's yeah. interesting. The younger generation, early adopters of everything. Yes. Anything on their phone in particular. And, again, when we gave them their mobile phones with limited credit, there was a very real understanding of the consequences of burning their credit fast on their phone. Mm. Well, that's it for the week now. It doesn't yeah. get topped up for a week. Yeah. And it's the same with if you can regulate or monitor the money that they have access to, which they can see or maybe can't see on their phone, but you, you're checking in with them regularly. Well, that's your, that's your $5 or your $10 or, or whatever that amount of money is that's gone for the week. And so do you understand the consequences of tap, tap, tap? Yeah. Mm. Before we finish our little chat with you, are there any other tips or tricks that you think could help us and other parents? One of the major benefits of, of giving the kids an allowance has been discipline. That discipline's flowed through. The oldest is 21 years old. She made a couple of fairly significant financial decisions in the last six months. But that discipline's allowed her to set herself up, but also come back and, and talk to us around important financial conversations. That's certainly one of my learnings, mm. if you like. The discipline creates a little bit of respect, obviously, but also a willingness for them to come back and talk. And don't look left or look right and compare yourself yeah. uh, as a parent to the person next to you because, yeah. by and large, we're all in, in very different positions. But at the same time, you know, you, you sort of you learn a lot from listening to others. So yeah, that's um, true. I think, again, that's probably one of the biggest things listening to the podcast mm. is we're surrounded by people who know a lot of stuff around this. Oh, it's changed my life already. The gift that it's letting Mandy and I pass on to our children is that that information is power yeah. and that knowledge, that financial knowledge is really, really powerful and yeah. we don't really teach it in schools. No, so, this so has it been is really up to good. us to do mm. it. Oh, it's been terrific to talk to you today on Make It Count. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you. That was such a great chat mm. with Gavin, so much insight. It's really great to hear from a financial expert about how best to approach pocket money, considering it is a really personal thing. Yeah, it really is. And the best thing is we can apply what we've learned from Gavin to our own lives yes. and our financial situations, and that will give our children more financial freedom and it'll make sure that what we're doing actually makes sense, sense. for That's us right. and for our families. Yeah, yeah. What stood out to you, Kate? Something you could... 
think well, about after this episode? I think what stood out to me was that pocket money is a really good idea. Mm. There are times when I've thought, do I really need to be doing this? Should I be making it a priority? Do they even, do my children even deserve this pocket money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I reckon. But then I think back to when I was a child, when I turned 10, my grandmother gave me $100, which was a lot of money in the 80s. It's a lot of money now. Yes. And I kept that $100 in my bank account for years and years and years. And I would never let my bank account go below $100. It was so special to me to have that money that she'd worked so hard for. After talking to Gavin, I thought, I think I need to let my boys, especially the twins, have money in the bank that they watch going up, but also have money in their hand Mm. that they choose. Do I spend or do I save, you know, Mm. because they live for Krispy Kreme donuts. Yes. So do I spend this on donuts or do I save up for a new Xbox game? Yes, exactly. Mm. And what about you? I feel disappointed we didn't continue with it. Because we did, we started it and we were doing a really good job of it. But I think, uh, you know, just having cash or Mm. not being able to get to a bank or it just overwhelmed me. So I suppose it's never too late to start is what I've learned. No, go back to it, yeah. So, you know, I've got a 10-year-old, two 16-year-olds. We've got things like, you know, paying for the phones or yes, definitely. Spotify yes. or maybe that could be that's your pocket money that we pay some of that or, yep. you know, there's, yep. it doesn't have to be, I suppose, specifically cash. No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, because now there's so many things that are, you know, just all direct debited. Yeah. Like we have a family Spotify. Yeah. So they're able to hook into that. But, yeah, yes. that's definitely this is part of your pocket money this yeah, week. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something I think- like that. Or can we get Binge? Can we get Stan? Can we get Netflix? Can oh we get Apple goodness. TV? I Disney mean, there's Plus. so many. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep saying no to them. Yeah, how much of your pocket money yeah. do you want to put towards that? You know, stuff like that. I really enjoyed also when he sort of said, don't look at other oh, people. Oh, me too. Just do what's right for you because – we all have times where we can't afford pocket money and it's really easy to look at Instagram influencers or somebody else and think, oh, look what they're giving their yeah. kids, you know. Or even just your next-door neighbour. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. I've got friends who are bankers and yes. so they're just naturally better at this stuff than They me. are, yeah, because yeah, it's what they know. Or the kids who have $50 in their wallet or something and yeah. you're like, wow. Wow. <laughs> But that's okay. They're allowed to. That's what their family does. That's right. And it's also really powerful to say to our kids, well, we're working really hard for our money at the moment and $5 is what is a really big deal to give you. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Mandy, how do you think Gavin gave you confidence when it came to pocket money? What I've realised is that I can just start. Yeah. We can start again. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money. It can be $5. So I want the listeners to know that too, that if you feel a little bit like me and you think, oh, gosh darn it, we haven't really done that properly, well, why don't we all just start it together, right? Yeah, pocket money club. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like book club. (laughs) But but truly that idea of whatever my family can afford Mm. is good enough and we, you know, like I've got friends that are like we pay the amount for their age. Yes. Or, you know, my I've got a lovely person in my life whose grandma gave them money for their birthday for their age. Yes. I thought that was a lovely thing. So when you turn seven, you got $7 from grandma. When you turn eight, I thought I'm going to implement that. Yeah. Yeah, cute stuff. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it was really powerful to know that pocket money actually can set them up for financial decisions later on in life. Practice of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, make sure you tune in next week as we talk about all the things you need to think about when it comes to your financial future for your families. I'm really looking forward to chatting with Josh, the Wealth Engagement Manager at Bendigo Bank, next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to Make It Count. If you enjoyed this episode, 
be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Leave a review letting us know what you enjoyed most. This also helps others find the podcast. This podcast is proudly produced by Bendigo Bank. As always, this episode contains general information only and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situations or needs.